Okay, we're now live. Hi, this is Elliot Fishman. Today's November 3rd. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, it's November 3rd, that says it all, but it's, uh, I don't know where you are. And uh, I was in Baltimore, it's like 60 or 70 degrees, so it's really nice here. And uh, I guess baseball, I'm not a big baseball fan, but if you are, the World Series game four was last night, but that means we're in November. It used to be the World Series was finished by mid-October because it got too cold. So baseball lucked out because the two teams are Philadelphia and Houston. I guess Houston is okay. I think it's a dome stadium, but you're in Houston this time of year. But um, Philadelphia can be really cold, but it's, it's very nice. And night games, you could be uh, freezing. But uh, anyway, um, it's, it's nice weather and everything else. And... Um, I did speak at a few meetings, you know, traveling around a little bit. I was at the ESI CT course, Charlie White, myself, Linda Chu in Las Vegas last week was really nice. And then I was uh, for about the 15th year in a row, uh, um, Meg invited me to the UCSD, University of California, San Diego imaging course, which is always at the Del Coronado in uh, San Diego. So I was there on, spoke on Monday, so that was really good. Spoke two different meetings and um, a lot of fun. And I'm speaking tomorrow, which is Friday in New York, from this exact seat in my office here at um, Northwell's Pancreatic Cancer Imaging Day, or Pancreatic Cancer Day, it's more than imaging. Um, and that's what I'm gonna speak to you about. Um, November, which we're in, is Pancreatic Cancer Month. And we have been making progress in pancreatic cancer screening, uh, new tests are being developed, new understanding. But I was at a meeting last night, uh, Ralph Ruban, who's head of pathology, who I know Ralph forever, um, was um, given an endowed chair in his name, and uh, Jim Eschelin, who's one of the professors in pathology, was uh, the first awardee of that chair, and they were speaking about his work on CRISPR for pancreatic cancer, the potential for killing pancreatic cancer cells. He's got a long way to go. It needs to do the animal model. It needs to do patients. So it's years away. But again, things are being done in pancreatic cancer. So let me speak to you a little bit about imaging of pancreatic cancer. As it stands today, the only way to cure pancreatic cancer is early detection and surgery. So the Chris Wolfgangs of the world, the Charlie O's, uh, the Keith Lillimos, the Jin He's, Rick Burkhart, all those people everywhere, uh, all the people who, disciples of John Cameron, um, can do amazing things if we can deliver them the patients early. They can't do magic. We've gotten better at chemotherapy and radiation therapy and have been able to turn patients who are borderline resectable into resectable. Patients are living longer. It used to be six months from diagnosis is three years, where survival was six, seven percent. Now it's 10% on, or 11% on the latest SEER data. So it is getting better, but 11% still sucks, let's be frank. So what is it as radiologists we could do? It's all in early detection. Now, I'm giving a talk, I gave a talk actually the other day, and I'm giving a talk tomorrow on this. And I will put that talk, I will do it on CTSS, it'll be out sometime next year. 
But let me just go through some of the major highlights of what I'm speaking about and why it's important. So the first thing is 40% of tumors, 2CM or smaller, are missed on CT scan. In retrospect, you can see them. People talk about pre-diagnostic scans, but you can see this, the, the mass there. Now, it's just the fact it's missed. We speak about this. Sometimes people don't pay attention to a dilated pancreatic duct. They don't call a lesion. Sometimes it's just small. They don't notice it. Whatever the reason, 40%. So what is it that you can do better? Well, you can look very carefully at the pancreas. You see a dilated pancreatic duct. To me, it's tumor uh, till proven otherwise. But still, that 30 to 40% error rate is there looking at us in the headlight. So what can we do? We need to do something differently than we're doing now. I mean, that's the answer, let's be frank. And that's why we're doing AI. We've been doing AI for the past five years with the Lust Garden Foundation support. Uh, we're up for renewal, and hopefully they will support us for the next couple years as well. We're going to be working with Microsoft, and we are working with Microsoft on this problem. So we have lots of firepower to really make a difference. The thing is, where are we with AI? So I'll look at two things in the AI umbrella or the deep learning umbrella. One is radiomics and one is classic AI. There's been several articles, and we published an article four years ago, Linda Chu was the first author, I believe, where we showed that CT with radiomics can distinguish between normal and cancerous tissue by 99%. What you do with radiomics is you look at tissue typing, you look at all sorts of parameters thousands of parameters to get down to the ones you want that are more specific to with a detection rate of 99%. Now there was an article published by the Mayo Clinic a few weeks ago and I'm blocking the first author's name. I apologize. That basically showed that they could pick up cancer on pre-diagnostic scans. That means the radiologists look at the scan and say it's negative. Even in retrospect they can redo it. They don't see it but the lesion is there because textural changes precede changes that are visible. So now you're picking up cancer potentially two to three years before the cancer is found, or at least six months before, which means you're taking patients who are stage one-ish where the survival is over 70 to 80%. Excellent report from the Mayo Clinic. There's another similar report from the group in Taiwan looking at patients, again, for early detection. The Taiwan group also looked at AI. They looked at multiple centers, the ability of AI to detect small tumors. At Hopkins, we our results, depending how you look at them, are probably about 96, 97%. Uh, the Taiwan group was in the high 90s as well. And I've seen several articles with AI or radiomics are both high in the 90s for lesion detection. So as we celebrate Pancreatic Cancer Month, we need to celebrate the fact that we now have tools that potentially can have early detection of pancreatic cancer. And I mean really early, when survival could go from 10 to 70%. Now the challenge is small numbers of cases, trials are limited, um, all sorts of issues, all the usual problems with AI, not a big enough data set, all sorts of potential biases. I'm willing to give all that 
but I'm saying to you is the results are getting better and better. Now, I don't know if you're going to be using those tools in the next year or two, but they are compelling. And I think you need to go from bench to bedside. Yes, they've tested it on cases, and the Taiwan case and the, the, um, the case from Mayo, thousands of cases, but they need a lot more. We've tested it on thousands of cases as well. We need more cases, we need outside cases, we need cases done with different protocols. Remember, our cases are dual phase, it's really as good as you can get, which is what you do when you're doing prototyping. But to really put it into real life function, it has to work all the time, whether this patient's tilted, or the contrast is not as good, the stomach is distended or it's not distended, there was some positive contrast there, all sorts of issues. There are all sorts of issues. The question is, how do you get around those issues? And that's what we're working on, and that's what's very exciting. But we are making progress. And so when we think about Pancreatic Cancer Month, whether it's Lusgard or PanCan, whether it's the NIH, whether it's Hopkins or Mayo or Lusgard, wherever you are, I think everyone is working for a common dream. We're not going to eliminate pancreatic cancer, but perhaps we could detect it earlier and change the slope of the outcome, moving on a pie. We talk about things like liquid biopsy for early detection of cancer. Will early detection also work with pancreatic cancer? We sure hope so. People like Burke Oglestein, Ken Kinsler are working very hard on that. Companies like Exact Sciences and uh, Illumina with Grail, it's part of Illumina, are working very hard on doing those things. So there is lots of hope. Now you can see I see Lily put some information about what we've been doing on the website. Uh, I also want to say hi to John Diacchino, one of our senior techs. John's home today, I can see, and Carlos Espinoza. I don't know where he is, but uh, we can wave back. Um, but uh, I think we're excited. I think um, we all are looking at ways of changing the curve in pancreatic cancer. I think that will indeed be very important. So I'll end there, but as we have another year of pancreatic cancer days, um, hopefully by next year, our results will be a lot better. Other people's results will be a lot better and we'll be closer to implementing a lot of this progress into clinical practice because all of us know that unless things go from the bench to the bedside, it's not really helping patients. And the theory of doing things is great because you need to go from theory to practice, but we need to get to the practice level. And hopefully this year will be a fulfilling one. So uh, everyone who's celebrating Pancreatic Cancer Month, all of those who have loved ones who they've lost the pancreatic cancer, or people who have pancreatic cancer now, um, you have to take some comfort in the fact that many people are working really hard trying to change the curve, trying to make things happen, and trying to cure what is just a terrible, terrible disease. And with that, I thank everybody for their attention.